Okay, we went way off left. Yeah. Too much potter. <laughs> way, way too much potter. Someone else is taking <laughs> the Yankees in the playoffs this year. You know. Mm-hmm. We'll have Oakland. You know what? Oakland could play the Yankees in the first round. Yeah. And then they could take them down. And then the Twins will take care of that first. And the Twins and Oakland will be in the ALCS. How about mm-hmm. that? Here we go. <laughs> I would love it. I would, I would love it. I would love it. I, you, you, if you flew out to the Bay Area, you you would join me at a playoff game. I'll pony up for the tickets because uh, I'm sure they I'm sure they won't be as expensive as they would be in Minnesota. But uh, so what's what's the context here? Just largely uh, conversational between the three of us here. I mean, I've, we've got Alex uh, on the on the line here. Who else is here? I'm Johnny, by the way. I run the Johnny. Sport yeah. All right, Johnny. Pleasure to meet you. Pleasure to meet you. Yeah. So we yeah, we basically just go like a conversation. We don't really do like questions or anything. Just kind of just go into talking about the team. Right like, on. Right on. I like that very much. But right. just a little little background, um, you know, about kind of where I'm coming from in terms of, you know, my analysis, so to speak, is a uh, you know huge. Huge fantasy baseball guy, but um, nice. you know, life, lifelong A's fan. So you know, I've I've sort of shifted to you know looking at guys from more of a fantasy baseball perspective. But you know, really, you know, when it comes to general outlook, there's no team that I follow closer than the A's. Well, actually, right. they're kind of they're kind of the only team I follow. You know, I do keep up on the news for fantasy for the most part, which does keep me in tune with uh, you know the rest of the league, but. You know, oh man, it's all about the A's for me. Last last year was kind of tough, but you know, really, I with Puck and and Lazardo, you know, I really thought their window to do anything was gonna start this year. And you know, I I honestly thought that last year either them, you know, just barely missing the playoffs would be the best thing for them uh, to keep them hungry and. You know, as it would turn out, you know, maybe losing in that wild card game was the best thing that could happen to him because it gets him a little bit of, you know, postseason experience, but still keeps him hungry for this next year. And they're largely returning, you know, most of the same guys, except for a couple of add-ons. But yeah, no, definitely, right? Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah, I'm I'm big into fantasy baseball myself. I'm in the T, uh, the TGFBI. Oh, all right. uh, Yeah. Well, yeah, league, got the league designation today. I'm in league number 26. Of course, they stuck me with like Andy Barons and Paul Sporer, so I'm I'm stuck there with like two heavy hitters. But you know, it's all good. It's fun. Oh, yeah. last, kind of fell off, but I think I might be. I think I might be following you now. I I, I want to say I saw that league and okay, um, you know, followed followed all of um all of the managers in that one. Oh, did you? What's your what's your handle? My handle is uh, at Andrew Kohler. That's on Twitter. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know if, um, you know, if maybe you knew it and didn't know it, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know who wrote it. I think it might have been Ray Butler who uh, runs Prospect Prospects three sixty five, but he wrote an article this year about weaponizing Twitter for fan fantasy baseball. I did see and, that. Yep. What's that? I did see that article. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean. You know, I, I feel like I've kind of been doing that the last couple of years. You know, I, I don't really know, um, you know, that many people personally in the industry, but 
Um, you know, even being kind of a small time player myself, uh, you know, I just got into a dynasty league for the first time this year through, uh, you know, through being one of Ray's, uh, you know, followers for prospects, 365s and had a trade that I was mulling over and, um, you know, reached out to, to Yancey Eaton. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him, you know, huge on the race. Um, but you know, kind of reached out to him and he was, really cool and responsive and he's tight with uh, Sammy Reed who actually lives out um lives out here near me in the bay area um but oh. also reached out to Michael Halpern from Imaginary Brick Wall and um you know I was actually rather surprised that both of them were you know so open and willing to discuss fantasy with me and um you know I uh, I uh you know I'm just really grateful because you know it's all just uh you know, I, I just feel like I work best when I collaborate with people. And, um, you yeah. know, I, I do develop my own rankings, but, you know, a lot of my rankings are just taking composites of, um, you know, other people's rankings as well. Well, it's funny because it, it, that's the thing. There's a lot of good people in the fantasy baseball community, man, especially on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You know, like all those guys like Sammy Reed and, uh, you know, there's a lot of good people that like just respond and they – I'm real close with like we go back and forth. Uh, Eric Cross with the prospects, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, he and I actually last year we tried to meet up because uh, he comes down. He's from Maine, and I'm in Boston area. Okay, so he goes down to uh, he goes down to for, like for a weekend here and there to catch the Cape Cod League, and we were going to meet yeah. up last year to work out, but we were going to try to meet up last year for like a weekend to like, catch a game together and stuff like that. And I know that um, one of our guys, Bruce Cagle, uh, he was out at First Pitch yep. Arizona. This mm-hmm. past year, and he sat down. He actually sat down and had lunch with like Alex Chamberlain and guys like that. Like, there's a bunch of guys that are real, you know. Yeah, they just, just well, they the, just want to talk baseball. You know exactly. what I mean? I, yeah, they're real people. people that way. <laughs> as far as the rankings go, it's interesting you say that because we just now that football's over, the scorecrow we have, have uh, our fantasy rankings. We're going to do position by position, and I have uh, catchers coming out on Wednesday, so I'm yeah. going to be working. At- tomorrow get that published top 30 catchers in fantasy on uh wednesday morning should be out i'm gonna oh. I'm, I'm off of work tomorrow so i'm gonna be sitting home doing all my research and you know so yeah we got a lot of stuff going on plus i'm big into dfs i don't know if you do a lot of dfs at all no i don't really touch dfs at all i'm more of a, a season long only guy but you know that yeah. i to a certain extent, I, you know, I keep my finger on the pulse just a little bit um, because basically all of the leagues that I play in are daily moves leagues. So, you know, mm-hmm. if there's if there's a play that, um, you know, someone's really digging, you know, um, I, I, you know, I love deep rotisserie. And so if you can, you know, if you can edge out, you know, a few extra stats here and there, especially on the short days, um, you know, I'm all for it because that's when kind of your, your active manager gets uh, gets the jump on someone who's maybe uh you know sleeping a little bit or you know they exactly. kind of set set it and forget it on sunday and um you know that's that's what i hear mostly from my friends who play fantasy football they can't believe that i set the lineup every day and it's like huh not all leagues are like that but also you know when you love it it's a it's a it's nice to see all the stats accumulate every single day you know yeah i'm the same way most of my, most of the leagues I'm in are, are daily leagues, as far as that goes. The one league I run, uh, it's been this will be uh, seventh year I think that I run. It's a keeper league. You get to keep five players, so it's not complete dynasty, but you get to keep five players. But you also pay a price. The first two years you keep the player, it's free, but then yeah. it goes mm-hmm. where he was drafted, 
you know, then it goes at three rounds each year that you keep them. So right. drafted some, you know, drafted someone in the tenth round after the first two years, then it costs you a seventh rounder, then it costs you a fourth round. Mm-hmm. So kind yep. of like the way baseball is, you have the pre-arb, and then you have the arbitration years, and then if you really want to keep the guy, you got to start paying. So we kind of structured it that way, and it's a points league. Okay. So I kind of yeah. like that. I kind of like the points leagues. Category leagues, I'm getting away from. Um, okay. I kind of like the points because it's a, it's almost like it's it's like weighted at least. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can't just go for all home runs and then all right, I don't have enough stolen bases, so I'm going to go for this guy with just steals and stuff. You kind of got to look at like the guys who are going to give you balance. And try yeah. to get those five to get that guy who hits twenty five home runs, steals twelve stolen bases, right? Gives you decent OBP, like you know, walk strikeouts and stuff like that. You kind of got to look at a little bit of everything. Whereas the five by five regular standard leagues, you know, disregard basically walks and strikeouts because you don't care about OBP. It's average, which it's like you know. I, I just think it's. I've been going away from those leagues because it's not true definition of a good player, a good hitter. You know what I mean? I think I, I think the the points leagues or at least the OPS leagues and stuff are at least more geared toward that. So that's why I like the points league better. So I've been kind of going Most that way. Most certainly. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you you certainly get a more a more textured perspective of player value when you're right. when you're in those points leagues and you know, I haven't uh, you know, I haven't gone so deep as to get into sabermetrics leagues, which I I have heard of as well, which is pretty crazy considering that it's you know, K percentage, ISO, you know, walk percentage, yeah. things like that. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the, the dynasty that I am in with uh, Ray Butler and the Prospects 365 Followers League, that one, uh, I believe, is uh, on base percentage and it's, um, you know, net stolen bases. So basically it's, uh, you know, stolen bases minus, uh, you know, caught stealing. So that that's a little more critical as well. But also with that one, it's uh it's quality starts and i forget oh it's quality starts and then uh you know saves plus holds net as well so you know any any blown saves hurt you any caught stealing you know hurts you so you know i I certainly can respect that but this other dynasty league that i got into it's a points league and um you know i was kind of thinking to myself like man pete and it's a you know since it's a dynasty i was thinking like man people are going really heavy on the pitchers like just you know crazy and and i finally looked at the settings and there's like you know 19 categories for pitchers and like 16 for hitters granted you know some of those are uh, saves and holds as well but um yeah i it's it's certainly an adjustment period but it's you know it's like anything else you have to let you know every experience sharpen your blade and if you play in these different leagues with different categories it's just going to round you out altogether as a better fantasy player but um you know from from your perspective uh you know who do you think is the most valuable fantasy player on the a's right now most valuable fantasy player um i tell you i you know if we're going it depends on what you're looking at like i said like if you're looking at regular five by five categories i Mm -hmm. you know Loriano gets a bump up for me. Mm-hmm. Because it's stone base. You speed. bet. Oh, yeah. Overall, I'd probably still have to go Chapman. Because honestly, I think he's the best hitter on the team. Mm-hmm. And But the thing is, third base is deep. You know, same thing with Simeon. Shortstop's deep. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, honestly, overall, 
considering position eligibility and like where how deep different positions are, I'd even throw Matt Olson in there. I mean, because uh, first base is kind of weak. Honestly, yeah. mm-hmm. you look at first base, especially in the American League. I mean, that's another thing too. I've been playing an NL only league for a long time. Oh, God tough. bless you. <laughs> it's tough. But I mean, if you yeah. think about it this way, if you look at an AL only league, who's your best first baseman in the AL? Matt Olson. Yeah, that's true. Matt Olson's yeah. the best first baseman in the American League. Yeah, now that I think he about it. Fantasy, I mean, aside from his defense, obviously, because we do fantasy, but mm. honestly, with his run production, I mean, the only other guys you could throw in there, if you want to take a, you want to take a shot at Luke Voigt, that he's solid with his OBP, and, you know, he proved that he hits the ball hard again last year. But, I mean, Jose Abreu with the RBIs and stuff like that. But other than that, what other first baseman you have in the American League? Really? Wait, CJ Cole? Yeah, yeah true that. Yeah. This year, you know, yeah. he'll, be, he'll have first base eligibility eventually. But, I mean, Matt Wilson is the best first baseman in the American League. And he's probably, fantasy-wise, probably third, fourth overall. If you want to throw in the National League, too. I mean, you know, still take a chance on Goldschmidt. I mean, is Votto going to bounce back? What is he, 35? You know, 36? Yeah. You know, I thought he bounced back last year. Is the power coming back or no? Or, you know, I mean, obviously. Not a believer in Joey Votto. Yeah, I mean, number one first baseman for me is Freddie Freeman. Fantasy-wise. Yeah. Dude's been... The dude's been so consistent every year. And I mean, he, I think he pushed himself the past year and, you know, year or two. The fact that Votto's getting older, Goldschmidt going to St. Louis had a sort of an off year last year. I think Freeman is the number one first baseman in the majors. But like I said, I think Olsen's probably, Olsen's probably fourth fantasy wise. Yeah. yeah. So I'd uh, yeah. say Olsen, honestly, biggest fantasy well, asset on. The thing that, you know, that really surprised me, and especially as an A's fan, to the pleasant upside with Matt Olson was he came back from the hamate bone surgery, which, mm-hmm. I mean, na- name me another guy whose power didn't take a tick down after the hamate bone surgery. You know, I don't know who, but Matt Olson, it didn't seem like he missed a beat whatsoever uh, when he came back from the surgery. And, you know, I, I think he's... You know, I think he's probably a good candidate to, you know, push like 44 home runs this year. And, um, you know, it's just uh, he's in a he's in a fabulous lineup. And, you know, talking about Loriano, you know, he's got he's got a little bit of uh, a little bit of a strikeout heavy in his profile. But, you know, if he can if he can bring his walk rates back to sort of where he was in the minors or even just, you know, take him up a little bit from last year. I mean, that. That just sets the table for Olsen in a crazy way with Semi and Laureano and Chapman right in front of him. And I mean, speaking, speaking of Chapman, I just, uh, you know, it's just um, not, I mean, this, wait, this is why you guys had me on here to be an A's homer. But, uh, you know, I, 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 see him, I see him play every day and, um, you know, just talking about the defense, uh, you know, he makes these insane plays, but then he's also making these somewhat difficult plays look really easy. And, um, you know, his arm is, uh, I mean, his arm is just crazy strong. But the the thing that I love about him is that it seems like he's, you know, he's maturing a little bit. And, you know, Ron Washington kind of took Marcus Semien, you know, under his wing and, you know, really got him lined up on defense. And it seems like 
Matt Chapman has kind of fallen under, you know, Marcus Simeon's tutelage. Uh, I was at a Warriors game a couple of years back, and the two of them were just hanging out together, sitting a few rows in front of me. And I mean, I don't really think you can replace that chemistry. But no. at the same time, I think Simeon's been, you know, kind of a good mentor to the guy, and then you know, in turn, a, a good mentor for the team. And so. Mm-hmm. You know, I know they kind of have to pick and choose who they extend. And, you know, Semyon, what, he's like 29 or 30. Uh, you know, I know uh, I know they're probably going to, you know, want to move on, you know, to the younger guys in terms of extensions. But, you know, to really, you know, I mean, to really pay back a guy who's had an impact on the franchise, uh, you know, Semyon would be the guy. And, you know, I, I, I think he had an outstanding year last year, and I'd love it if he repeated it, but. You know, I just question if he will. Um, you know, I, I think he, you know, his his strikeout rate went down huge. And, you know, I, I, I think pitchers are going to kind of adjust to his adjustment. But, no, I mean, he's he, he plays excellent defense and he's he's consistent enough to play 150 games a year. I think he's played 150 games a year for the last four years. Um Maybe maybe save one of those years. I feel like he was injured and maybe missed half the season. But, you know, similar to Chapman, he's just been cutting his K rate for the last three years. And in this game with, you know, I feel like the game has totally turned into, you know, strikeout, homer, walk for, you know, yeah. everyone in the league. Right. And, um, you know, to cut down on the strikeouts, um, you know, I'd be happy if he replicated his average and, you know, gave up a little bit of the power. Just uh, just to remain consistent, but what do you think about um, the A's prospects for maybe finishing first in the AL West this year? I, I like their chances. As I've, yeah, I mean, I've so. said this before on other podcasts, I think the Astros are gonna with all the whole scandal going on. I think this they're gonna have so much going around in their heads the whole season and not be able to focus on you know playing and you know kind of having like this thing just hanging over their head and then they're going to struggle. I think they can even miss the playoffs to, to be honest. Oh, now, you, now you're speaking my language. I agree. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think the Astros and the Nationals missed the playoffs. I think they both do. Yeah. You could definitely yeah, see that. I, I agree with that, Alex, like the, with the Astros. I think it's, it's too much hanging over their head, too much changeover, too much, too much going on there. And it's not like the rest of the division hasn't improved. Mm, yeah. You know, the A's are just another year in. And like you said before, with their pitching. Now, I mean, you got to remember, they, they didn't have Manaya for most of the year last year. You know, Sean Manaya exactly. will be healthy for the whole year. Lazardo, Frankie Montas got suspended last year. So you got him mm-hmm. back. You know, if AJ yep. Puck comes up, I don't, I don't see him up. I don't see him up at a spring training. But I think he'll, he'll definitely be up by, say, May. I mean, I don't see why not. You know, I'm trying to think of what they have on a team that are, you know, going to be there. But, I mean, just with that, I mean, Manaya, Manaya is excellent. You know, Montas was lighting the league up last year. I think he was like 2.93 ERA before he got suspended. Something like that, yeah. You guys got great stuff. Well, and he had a splitter. He had a lot of success with a lot of success with the splitter. And um, you're forgetting about, uh, you know, probably. You know, out of all their pitchers in the starting rotation, um, the guy that benefits the most from their excellent defense, uh, the whistleblower himself, Mike yeah. Fires. That's, so, that's right. That's right. I thought I was missing somebody. Yeah, <laughs> of all yeah, people. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah, well, he, 
he's kind of forgettable with uh, with the amount of talent <laughs> that they do have in that rotation. But yeah, the the A's have indeed um, they have indeed announced that Puck will go into the year as a starter. Now, to your point, you know, is is he going to be a starter for them on the big club immediately? You know, he I'm I'm assuming he's going to have to have a pretty outstanding spring for that happen for them right. to to force his hand. But they also have. Um, you know, Chris Bassett, who's a little on the old side, but he basically oh, right. ditched his he yeah. ditched his slider last year. And, um, you know, I, I don't know if that's the reason for, you know, kind of his improved campaign last year. I feel like he had a mini breakout, but it seemed like down the stretch he kind of got stronger. And so, you know, he's thrown about 120 innings the last couple of years. So, you know, for him to kind of get, you know, get stronger as the season goes on, um, you know, that just speaks to maybe – his development, both uh, both mentally and physically, but you know, a- as it stands, they they want Lazardo and Puck to start. Well, I mean, obviously, Lazardo is going to start, but um, each of those guys are going to be on innings limits. Uh, you know, I think they both have had Tommy John in their history too. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're they're. I could see, you know, them them maybe turning Bassett into a long guy, or going to a six man rotation, or you know, having. You know, having kind of uh, an innings or pitch, pitch count for both Lazardo and Puck, but yeah, I I initially wasn't that excited about the rotation, and then, you know, for this uh, conversation, I dug a little deeper and I thought to myself, like, man, this, they're not too bad, and and you know, the Coliseum's a great park to pitch in, and as I said, I mean, you know, two Gold Glovers at the corners, and you know, Loriano is no slouch in the outfield, and yeah. uh, even. Even oh, yeah. Mark Canna, uh, you know, he's I, – I forget where I read it, but, um, you know, by, by many defensive metrics, he's a better outfielder than, than people give him credit for. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I like Canna a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he had a big second-half surge last year. The only place where I really have kind of, kind of concerns for the team is second base. And, you know, I know they signed Tony Kemp, which is just such a – such a Billy Bean move to, you know, add yeah. a guy who's sort of an also ran, but, you know, add a bunch of depth, you know, they have, you know, what? So it's Pinder, uh, Pinder, Sheldon Noisy. And yeah. um, mm-hmm. who's the other, I feel like I'm forgetting someone else, but yeah. um, you know, two guys who can really back up, um, you know, a lot of different positions on the diamond. And, you know, I know Pinder smashes lefties and can kind of play anywhere, but, Sheldon Noisy to me is the one who's kind of interesting because he batted, you know, like 317 last year and he didn't look totally outmatched, uh, you know, at the plate in the bigs. And so I think if anyone stumbles at second base, you see Sheldon Noisy filling in there. Or if Chris Davis's offensive woes continue into this year, maybe he sees a little time at DH. But mm. I, I think I think Chris Davis is, um, you know, speaking from that fantasy perspective again. Uh, you know, I think he's in for a big bounce back year, especially where he's going in drafts. I mean, he he ran into a wall in Cleveland, which, you know, kind of turned into a hip and oblique thing. But, yeah. you know, he didn't really yeah. lose much power until he got uh, hit in the left hand with a pitch in like late June. And then like, oh, man, like even for him, he had a he had a putrid July where he hit like one home run and batted like you know, 175 or something like that. And then I think it was the same story in August. And, and, you know, he, he's a great guy, but 
you know, I think he also, he, he gets in his own head, you yeah. know? And so yeah. once you kind of get into that slump and you press a little bit, um, and for a guy that is sort of all or nothing, um, you know, I think he was just pressing a little bit, but that's where, you know, I'm, I'm not overly concerned about, you know, maybe a, a regression from Marcus Semien or some depleted, depre- uh, depleted production from Steven Piscotti. I, you know, I think Chris Davis is going to yeah. bounce back nicely. And, uh, Robbie Grossman, damn, that was the other guy. You know, I think, I think you know, oh, that's a guy who just adds yeah. some good depth to the team. And that's, that's something, again, uh, in, in preparing for this conversation, I realized, you know, it's, it's not a very sexy bench by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, you could almost argue it's, you know, not that sexy of a team, but, but they're deep and, um, you know, they've all played together for a long time. And so, you know, I don't think there's a replacement for that chemistry. I'm really interested to see what Sean Murphy can do in, mm-hmm. you know, his first full year. And, um, you know, yeah. I really haven't, I haven't really evaluated him as a defensive catcher, but, you know, I know he progressed through the system pretty damn quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, all Chris Davis has to do is get back to 247. That's all he has to do is get back to that. You know, but Robbie Grossman, I shouldn't have known that because he's next. I'm a Twins fan, so he's an oh, ex-Twin. Right. You know, yeah. big. It's it's great that he's a switch hitter. So you got a switch hitter off the bench as a fourth outfielder. You can plug him in kind of anywhere, left and right field, and he's a great on base guy. You know, yeah. as much as he, he doesn't really hit hit like really well, but he's not going to kill you in the lineup when you put him in. Mm-hmm. He's adequate defensively, you know. So he he's definitely a good guy to have. I I always like Pender. I mean, I think Pinder. I think Pinder with regular at bats can can add some pop to the lineup. You know, well, I like certainly. him, a lot. but he definitely, like you said, he definitely hits lefties. And with Tony Kemp, if I'm not mistaken, he's a lefty. So I mean, if that's the, if that's the route they're going to go at second base, maybe platoon Pinder and Kemp and see what noise he can do. You know, as a fill in or keep him in trip. You know, start him in AAA so he gets regular at bats. See what he does if he can force his way into regular lineup. I think at the start of the season, having Kemp and Pinder maybe platoon at second, Grossman as your fourth outfielder, you know, I think that might be the way they go. Yeah. But the lineup, All like right. you said, it's not sexy, but they play like a team. They play excellent defense at the important positions. You know, and if Sean Murphy, like you said, if Sean Murphy can hit and play decent beyond a plate with Loriano in center, Canna in the outfield, you know, Semyon and Chapman are, uh, you know, arguably the best left side defensively of the infield in the major leagues. I mean, you might want to make an argument for the angels with Rendon and Simmons, but I mean, they got a solid team, man. Solid. Yeah. They got a lot of thump. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it felt like when they signed Tony Kemp, you know, cause you know, of course it all comes back to me and fantasy, but I, I own Sheldon noisy in a dynasty league. And so it kind of pissed me off a little bit that they signed him, but He's like the he's like the anti Sheldon Noisy, you know. He's got he's got speed and little power, and um, Sheldon Noisy has a little bit of power and no speed whatsoever. But you know, I'm interested to see if uh, if Seth Brown, you know, can kind of force force their hand and be that fourth outfield outfielder for him too, because you know he he jacked 37 last year in AAA, and you know he was eight of nine in stolen base attempts. So mm-hmm. I mean, he could be. An interesting piece if he comes out hot and um, 
you know, the only thing about him is I feel like he's a little bit on the older side for AAA player. I want to say he's like 26 or 27, something along those lines. But he could be an interesting piece. But, yeah, I've, I've, uh, I'm not going to say that I've totally given up on Franklin Barreto. But, um, you know, I, I think he's got to show something or he's just going to get DFA'd because every time he's, uh, he's had a shot to do anything in the bigs, you know, he's just looked terrible. I, you know, I feel like he's been consistently outmatched both cups of coffee he's had. And, you know, the strikeout numbers are, you know, ridiculous. And I don't think he walks very much. Um, I'm not totally over the guy, but I, I almost wonder if they just kept him around because he's the guy they got in the Donaldson deal from the Blue Jays. And they, you know, they just can't give up on him that easily. And granted, he is only 23, but. Yeah, I mean, strikeout strikeout rates in the high 30s and walk rates below 2%, um, you know, in, I mean, just under, you know, 130, you know, plate appearances. But still, you got to you gotta produce more than that, especially with, you know, even guys like Kemp and Pinder waiting in the wings, ready to hit. Well, I think they're going to wait on, I mean... I think this is going to be, like you said, with a couple cups of coffee that Burrito had, being a top prospect like that and a top piece of the trade. I think they're going to see what he's really all about. I think this is going to be a big evaluation year for him, especially since you said about re-signing guys and keeping guys there, like someone like Simeon, 30-year-old shortstop. He improved his defense the past few years thanks to Ron Washington and also having arguably the best third baseman, defensive third baseman next to him. That always helps. You know, so I think this is the year they evaluate Barreto and really see if he's going to take over for Semyon when he's gone in another year or two. What they have two more years of control, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong, but um, I think they're going to see if Barreto's actually the guy that's going to take over for Semyon a short, or he's not, and they have to go and do something. Either Pinder a short, is you know whoever else might be able to play shortstop, but that's definitely, yeah, it's definitely an evaluation year for Barreto. I mean, it's the same way I feel about, not to switch on to my twins, but, I mean, I love the signing of Donaldson this year. I think yeah. it's going to help Polanco a lot at shortstop. Just as Chapman's defense helps a lot with Simeon, I think, is I'm excited about that part of it. Yeah, jeez. Well, and you talk about a team that's going to hit a lot of home runs. I mean, oh, yeah. just just between Donaldson and Sano and Kepler. I mean, I know there's a couple other guys, but yeah, I'm not Nelson. again not to, not to get on the. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that Nelson Cruz guy. Nelson Cruz going to be 85. Just to lose to the Yankees, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, just have to wait until some, you know. Taking shots over there, Alex. <laughs> Someone else is taking the Yankees in the playoffs this year. You know, mm-hmm. we'll have Oakland. You know, Oakland could play the Yankees in the first round. Yeah, and then they could take them down, and then the Twins will take care of their first. And the Twins in Oakland will be in the ALCS. How about mm-hmm. that? There we go. <laughs> I would love it. I would. I would love it. I would love it. I, you. You. If you flew out to the Bay Area. You you would join me at a playoff game. I'll pony up for the tickets because uh, I'm sure they I'm sure they won't be as expensive as they would be in Minnesota. But uh, yeah, I I will make that vow now. Um, but so you know, like I was saying, I you know 
watching the Super Bowl this weekend. I was up in uh, Lake Tahoe for my brother's bachelor party. We were in the sports book. All right. All right. The, the current line for the A's win total for 2020 is 89 and a half. Over oh. or under? Over. Over. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's where my money went. And I'm not really, I'm not really a sports better either. So I definitely take over. I've seen him winning. I see him 93 to 95 wins. Yeah. 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 No, looking back to last year, they had 97 and, uh, that was, that was even more than, than I even remember for some reason, uh, you know, them being that close to 100 didn't seem so palpable, but I looked back and checked on it, and that's why I was a bit surprised that the win total was so low for the over-under this year, which which concerns me because those gambling sharps seem to know a lot more than uh, yeah. a lot more than yeah. us. <laughs> that's true, but I think 90 wins is fairly easily attainable, Definitely. especially with the American League. I mean. Even aside from the Astros, the American League is the haves and the have-nots. And it's been that yeah. way for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at last year, you know, it really wasn't a player. You know, the bottom five to seven teams in the American League stink. And you know they're not going to come close. I mean, the Tigers are bad. The Royals are bad. The Orioles are bad. The Rangers are bad. Like, they're just, you know, I, like there's a bunch of teams that are just so bad. Whereas the National League is a little different. The National League is a little more balanced. I mean, you can, you, can, you can legit say in the National League that 10 of those teams or even 12 of those teams could probably make the playoffs. Yeah. Where in the American League, it's basically seven. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. So that's why I think that the A's, can, the A's are going to beat up on the, the bottom dwellers. Same as the Twins. You know. The Mariners, too. Mariners being yeah. in their division. They'll see them plenty. In. Yeah. And also, for as much as the Angels have added Rendon and, you know, taken a shot on Bundy, which, you know, I I don't think it's going to amount to much, but, I, you know, I respect that they're going out and doing it. Uh, it just seems like the Angels always have a hard time putting it together. Yeah. I like Bundy a lot. Watch out for yeah. him. One of my yeah. sleepers. Not to give you a heads up, but he is one of my sleepers. He had a really solid year. Like you got to remember something. This guy's like a top draft pick, and he's also only twenty-seven. And he was pitching in Baltimore on a horrible team the past couple of years. Yeah, and that park he, is pretty don't tough. Forget too, wait till he goes to the Angels and has Simmons and Rendon on the left side of the infield and Trout in center field mm-hmm. with defense in a bigger ballpark. Learning how to control his stuff at 27 years old. Now moving on, I I honestly think I like Dylan Bundy a lot this year. I really do. Mm-hmm. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna outplay his ADP. We're talking about fantasy. I don't. <laughs> I'll, I'll snatch up Bundy all day long in like the 15th, 20th round, mm-hmm. like that range. Yeah, well, like- someone's gonna leave him there at like 175, and I'm drafting. Oh, Dylan Bundy all day long. Oh yeah. Well, like you said, I mean, he's just uh, he's just been around for so long that he seems so old. But, you know, he's got yeah. that prospect pedigree. Mm-hmm. But he also has some pretty I think it was. Uh, oh, geez, I feel so badly because I think it's, uh, you know, maybe uh, pitchers pitcher list. I, I hate 
making the incorrect reference, but just saying that he's got crazy, uh, you know, swinging strike rates on two pitches. Yep. <laughs> and, you know, it's, he's, he's among a group of guys that include like DeGrom and Scherzer and yeah. Castillo yep. and Giolito. And it's, then it's like, you know, Blake Snell and then Dylan Bundy and Kyle Gibson are there. And it's like, what? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But that's the thing. This is the thing with a lot of these pitchers that, you know, over the past couple of years, you know, if we're talking fantasy or in real life, over the past couple of years, we've seen young guys, especially hitters like Soto, Acuna, and guys like that come up and hit and do well. Pitchers are a different breed. It's a different yeah. thing, you know. So when you get a pitcher that has the pedigree, comes up either bad team doesn't have the command, doesn't have the third pitch mastered, blah, blah, blah. They get batted around and stuff like that. People forget about them for, you know, three, four years later. People forget about yeah. them. They're like, oh, mm-hmm. this guy's he's at a five ERA. He's at a... Look at everyone Look at everyone talk, talking about two years ago, Lucas Giolito. Bust. Yeah. Really bust two years ago. What is he now? Now, all of a sudden, everyone's on him. Like, mm-hmm. you know, this mm-hmm. guy blah, blah, blah. It takes pitchers longer. I will take a 27, 28-year-old pitcher who stunk his first few years that has like a 1,000 batters, 1,500 batters faced into his major league career that can actually throw like 150 to 180 innings. I'll take that Mm -hmm. guy over the shiny new toy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's what you'll hear. He's not the shiny new toy anymore. Exactly. He's, that, he's lost that shine. That guy's been in the league for a few years that has actually started to learn how to pitch. And with a new atmosphere, change of scenery, better team, better defense, possibility for the playoffs, blah, blah, blah. I really think Dylan Bundy is going to take a step, big step forward this year. Because it's, it's not all stats either. Mm-hmm. See, this is what I argue about with people. You always, we always want to look at swinging strike rate. K minus walk percentage and yeah. base percentage mm-hmm. and bat against and blah blah. We all want to look at these numbers, but there are some things that you have to look at that could point to a progression that maybe aren't quantified in the numbers. And absolutely, what I'm saying about Dylan Bundy is the fact that he's been in the league for a few years, and the fact that he's going to a new team, change of scenery, a better team, better ballpark, better defense with a chance to kind of say, like, yeah, I was a first-round draft pick for a reason. But last year I said the same thing about Carlos Santana because he had a bad year in Philly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, look, this guy is the same guy we've all known. He went to a different league, different team. He was drafted by Cleveland. He came up with – and going back to Cleveland last year was the best thing that could have happened to him. I'm like, don't look at the BABIP. Don't look at the ch- stats. Just look at him going back home. Back home to the team that he always knew. And sure enough, look at the year he had. It was one of his best years of his career. Yeah, Sometimes that he was comfortable. Those, you have to look at those outliers like that. You have to look at guys that are looking to prove something, change the scenery, all that stuff, like I mentioned with Bundy. And sometimes that's just where you gotta look. Forget about the numbers. You know? Well, you know, from a fantasy perspective, I hope you're right. From a real life perspective, I hope you're wrong. <laughs> right, right, I got it. Right. <laughs> True. 
but no, really, I, I mean, I, I feel, you know, to kind of bring it back to, you know, the A's and uh, the win total and contending in the AL West, you know, I, I talked to, uh, you know, some good friends who are some hardcore fantasy baseball players, but also Giants fans. And they, they kind of laugh at me when I say that, you know, I think the A's are going to, you know, take the AL West. And it, it's kind of, uh, you know, to the same point you made. It's like, well, you know, who, who are they really contending with? You know, I mean, yeah, the Astros and Angels might be there, but the Astros have a distraction. You know, the Angels, you know, I question kind of the back end of the rotation. But, you know, the A's are going to get, you know, Seattle and Texas, uh, you know, a lot throughout the year. And, um, you know, we don't know exactly how that how that park in Texas is going to play. But I've heard that that right center field wall is going to be one of the shortest ones mm. in uh, all the baseball. So, you know, I think the A's have a real shot to, you know, not only beat that, you know, 90 win total, but, you know, show up in the playoffs. My only concern with them is is their bullpen. I mean, they have they have Liam Hendricks and Ismero Petit, but, you know, after that, you know, I kind of question, you know, how much consistency they're going to get out of Trevino. You know, a couple of years ago, he was he was lights out, but kind of since then, he's been a little rough, and I know they picked up, uh, you know, McFarland, and they have Diekman, but, you know, just a couple of lefties coming out of the pen. Um, you know, I don't have a lot of faith in, you know, Joaquin Soria, but he could always have a resurgence. And that's why, as much as I think Puck would be valuable as a starter, you know, I, I almost wish they could, they could turn him into, um, you know, a Josh Hader type where, you know, he comes in and long relief. And, you know, if, if Lazardo or one of their starters can only go, you know, four or five innings, heaven forbid, you know, maybe Puck is the one that comes in and, you know, he's just the lights out guy for three innings just to get the ball to Hendricks. So, you know, that's really, to me, you know, I think the bullpen is kind of the biggest question mark, bullpen and second base. Um, and, you know, a lot of people are talking about Jorge Mateo and the year he had in AAA last year. But from, from what I'm hearing, his kind of power spike was a bit of, um, bit of an aberration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the guy they got from the Yankees. Yeah. Or, uh, what trade? Uh, oh, was, was that Sonny Gray? I think that was a Sonny Gray trade, yeah. Sonny Gray trade, that's right. Yep, yep. Yeah, I oh. forgot about him. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, he's fast. I mean, do you think – let me ask you this question, Andrew. Like, would you think that maybe someone like Chris Bassett who kind of started finding it a little bit last year. Do you think he starts the rotation maybe in the, like starts the season in the rotation and then transitions to that long relief guy when puck comes up and then they see puck start for a few and then reevaluate kind of like in August and see who may be better fit for the, like that long relief Josh Hader slash Andrew Miller type role. Or did well, you I think, think like, well, like I, how do you think that goes? Because I can see that kind of I mean, happening. I, I think I think practically, you know, that that makes a lot of sense because you've got Bassett who's, you know, he's got a little more mileage on him. But, you know, that's also he's got that experience of having thrown, you know, 100, 130, 140 innings the last couple of years. And, you know, he's he is pretty decent. So a guy just to kind of, you know, get you through the season 
and baby puck a little bit and, you know, kind of keep the innings off his arm. And then when you're getting into those higher leverage games, those higher leverage situations, maybe that's when, you know, you ease puck into that starting role because, you know, I mean, uh, you know, to your point of, you know, these young pitchers and, you know, kind of, you know, searching for consistency early on in their careers, right. you know, keep him, keep him in, keep him in triple a, let him get comfortable starting down there and then maybe get him into, you know, lower leveraged uh, games starting in the bigs, you know, middle of the way through the year and then transition Bassett sort of out of the rotation. Yeah. That, that certainly makes a lot of sense just from the, kind of the short-term, um, you know, season development perspective, but also, you know, the long-term perspective of, you know, potentially protecting uh, your your future number three or number two starter. Um, but when it comes to, you know, I think who would be better suited for that, for that long role, I, I still think it'd be Puck just because, mm-hmm. you know, his stuff just seems so much more explosive than yeah. Bassett's, um, you know, I think uh, Bassett kind of plays well as an innings eater, so to speak. But you know, again, if if he's your if he's your fifth guy in the rotation, you know, I like that a lot. You know, you're on a losing streak, and you know, Chris Bassett puts together a solid game, and you only have to score four runs, and then you know, the rotation turns over, and you come right back with your ace, uh, whether it be you know Manaya Lizardo or Fires. I could only see him being the ace. I could see Fires being the ace, uh, you know, as a matter of loyalty as opposed to talent. But, um, yeah, I mean, given the role, I think, you know, Puck would be better for it. But, you know, long term and, um, you know, even towards the end of the year, if we're talking about going into, you know, a five game series, you know, I like Puck a lot better as a starter. So I think it would make a lot of sense to do exactly that, you know, keep his innings kind of limited keep the competition that he's facing, you know, down in triple a, um, you know, keep that competition at a lower level. So he builds up that confidence. So when eventually he does come back to the bigs, you know, he's firing on all cylinders, but, you know, I think they, they have to do the same thing with Lazardo as well. You know, I don't think he's going to throw too many innings. And so, you know, to really find a long man out of the pen, uh, you know, I think is going to be, something they'll need to do, you know, regardless of who starts in the rotation for them. And, you know, if it is indeed Bassett, that's great. But, you know, they need to find someone else to fill out that number five spot. It's funny because I, I kind of look at Bassett like, I mean, I look at Seth Lugo and what the Mets have done with him. I mean, the guy was kind of like a journeyman, like started, could throw five innings, was decent. Then they kind of used him in a longer layer. The dude winds up being there, like, <laughs> you know, like the best pitcher out of their bullpen. I kind of look at Bassett that way. Like, this guy can actually be, like, a real asset in the bullpen. You know, because, I mean, think of it this way. Most relievers are failed starters. Yeah. Hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Even, even the greatest of the great, even Mariano Rivera, the failed starter. Yeah. Well, and, and uh, you know, take it. It's true, though. Like, you know, you look at that, and a lot of guys that couldn't, that didn't didn't have the three pitch mix, or couldn't last as long, or whatever it may be, were just better being like, all right, concentrate on one pitch or two pitches, and just pitch for an inning. And you don't have to go through the lineup more than once. Well, you know, the that, A's, that, the A's have a guy who's exactly like that, and uh, 
and Liam you know, Hendricks. Oh, I love Liam Hendricks. Ex twin. I know. Yeah, he was. Oh, he was an ex twin. Yeah, he was an ex twin. Yeah. Yeah, he's from Australia. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember him. That's yeah. right. That's right. He was decent but... for us too, and he just we didn't. You know, we left him as a starter, put him in the bullpen for a little bit, and that was it. It was like, all right, whatever. But he he was great last year for you guys. Yeah, I mean, incredible. He found his niche, and like yeah. I said, it's no offense to any relievers. I'm just saying that 90 percent of relievers are failed starters because no one yeah. comes up. Very rarely do you come up from high school or college as a closer. Houston yeah. Street mm-hmm. is the only one I can think of that was actually a closer at Texas. Exactly. And came up as a closer. But other than that, these guys are just guys that you just couldn't last. You're better yeah. off in one thing. You know, and we, we, so, and like I said, I'm not taking away from these guys, but, you know, it is what it is. So, I mean, someone like a Chris Bassett, I can see if he can concentrate on the two pitches that, that do well for him, yeah, put him in as a hater type, like two innings to sixth and seventh or fifth and sixth when you need a guy to come in. I could see it. Well, and you'd think maybe if he's, you know, as to your point, if he's coming in just thinking, all right, I just need to get, you know, eight outs. I need to get nine outs. Maybe the stuff, uh, you know, ticks up a little bit because he is mm-hmm. he is pretty fastball heavy. So if he knows he doesn't have to worry about going, you know, six innings or something like that, you know, yep. maybe maybe the fastball, you know, gets a little more life on it. And um you know, there's just less of an adjustment period for batters too. But I would, you know, I would absolutely love that because that's again, as I mentioned, that's that's one part of the club that I think they could use a little more consistency and a little more stability. And um, you know, kind of the the mo for a lot of the players in the organization is, um, you know, sort of whatever it takes to win. You know, you don't, and I mean, for better or for worse, it doesn't seem like you have any you know, standout superstars on the team. They really do, you know, play, play exactly as that as a team. So that's, that'll be, that'll be an interesting progression to watch. Cause you know, as, as I mentioned, I do know the A's want to use AJ puck as a starter this year, but is it going to start in triple a, or is he going to start in the bigs? Uh, we'll see. Yeah. See, it's pucks first year back from Tommy John too. So I know they're going to be oh, really nice. gentle with him. Yeah, they should be, yeah. So we'll see what he does in spring training, see what how they kinda of handle him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's always tough though. When you come come off of Tommy John, it's it's always tough. Well yeah, usually the control is is what is like the the last thing to come back. Right. So yeah, you you hope he can he can dial it in and still maintain his velocity. But, um, you know, again, they're going to, I know they're going to be real, they're going to be real careful with him, but if they get into, you know, September and they need a, they need him, I, I hope they ride him. I mean, I don't think they'll need yeah. to ride him, so to speak, but I hope they run him out there because he's, I don't know, just, just the angle, his arm angle and just the way he's got, uh, you know, kind of a deceptive delivery and, you know, really, it all comes down to his hair. He's got great hair. And so, you know, when it, when it comes to punching guys out, you know, you need the locks. 
Yeah. <laughs> reminds me a little. He reminds me a little of a young Randy Johnson. Mm. Yeah. 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 He, well, he's yeah. He's certainly a lot lankier than I was expecting. For some reason, yeah. I you know I was expecting him to be a little bit more muscular, a little bit more of um you know a specimen. But yeah, he is he is pretty gangly. I wouldn't say he's pushing into that Chris Sale territory, but you know Lazardo is kind of this you know stocky, somewhat muscular, thick guy, and Lazardo is just kind of this beanpole who you know whips it up there. Yeah, he can run it up there pretty well. Yeah, now Puck's got to stop. There's no doubt about that. And I mean, but, he would be great as a reliever, but I think they want to see they want to see what they have. <clears throat> yeah, you know they want yeah. they want to watch him start, watch him dominate AAA. Yeah. Get some innings under his belt, get some confidence, like you said, and then bring him up and get him his first start, like in Oakland at home against a lesser opponent, like, you know, someone like the Tigers or someone like that. You know, I think they're going to be strategic about it, you know, because that's Billy Bean's MO anyway. You know, mm-hmm. be strategic about stuff like that. Get him his confidence, get him all that, and see where he goes. And then managing the innings. See where Bassett is, see where Puck is, see where Lazardo is. Like, you know, you got to take that as it comes for the season, you know, because you still have Manaya, still have Montas. You know, you got some, you still got Flyers, who's a workhorse at least, you know. So, yeah, you got to figure each of those guys is going to give you six every time out. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's, I think it's a work in progress. The whole starting, the starting rotation as a whole. Is the work is a work of progress right now, you know? But they'll play it the way it is. I mean, Bob Melvin's a great manager, you know. So I mean, I think he'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Well, it'll be it'll be interesting for me, um, you know, to kind of watch as the year goes on. But you know, to really see, you know, who emerges, you know, from, you know, Lazardo, Manaya, Puck, Montaz to see which one of those guys emerges as, you know, the, the quote-unquote ace or if they have to play in that one-game play-in game again or, you know, if there's a crucial, you know, game five series in the first round, you know, if they could have their choice, who would that be? Uh, just because I could see, you know, Manaya having, you know, some previous success and the previous experience taking a step and being that guy, but then you know, Lazardo and Montas, <clears throat> excuse me, were just so excellent in the time that we saw him last year that it's certainly not unreasonable that it could be one of those guys. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't hate the decision to start Manaya in the playing game last year, but um, you know, he he'd only thrown what like 29 innings the entire year as he was making his way back from that shoulder right. injury, mm-hmm. um, and 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 the Rays. And and I I, th- I think this is you know always you know twenty twenty in hindsight, I feel like the Rays just smash lefties with the lineup they had last year. I mean they they basically have you know two lineups this year. They have a, a left handed a left handed pitcher's lineup and a right handed pitcher's lineup with all the platoon splits they have. So right. you know again you know it's Manaya wins that game and you know it's not even an afterthought. But you know and with with the benefit of hindsight you know there are just those questions. But yeah I'm really really going to be interested to see, you know, by September, who's the guy that's, you know, the, the clear cut, 
you know, leader of the staff, whether it's, um, you know, whether it's Lazardo, Montaz, or Manaya, but I'm thinking it's got to be one of those three guys just based on pure talent and pure stuff. But I'm, I'm very excited about this year. Um, you know, as, as I mentioned, I, I thought kind of 2020 was when the window was opening. And so, you know, last year was, was, I wouldn't say it was a surprise, but, you know, I, I was pleasantly, um, you know, astonished that they did as well as they did do. But, you know, then you kind of break it down and look at it and it's like, well, of course they've got, you know, gold glove defense, you know, all over the field. They, they hit jacks and that's with, you know, kind of a, you know, a putrid couple of months from Chris Davis too. And so, you know, if they, if they could get things sorted out with the back of the, the back of the rotation and the bullpen and, you know, to your point, uh, you know, if, if those things kind of equalize themselves, you know, kind of one from the other Bassett moving to the bullpen, then, you know, it, it certainly isn't unreasonable to think that, you know, they might take the pennant. Yeah. I think going into a wild card game this year, I think they might look at it differently. I mean, you could have Montas, the righty and Lizardo, the lefty. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can do Montas for a couple innings and then bring in Lizardo, the lefty for a couple innings. And then if you have Bassett and then like Hendricks at the end of the game, like, you know, you can really shut down anybody in game one. And still have Manaya to start game one of an ALDF. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Even if you have to go the wild card route. If not, then you still you could have whoever start. I mean, games one, two, and three, Montas, Lazardo, Manaya, however you want to work it. I mean, that'll be something that Melvin would, you know, judge depending on who they're playing. But I could definitely see them make the playoffs again. Yeah. I mean, even if it's a, even if it's as a wild card and they have to play that one game, but I I could definitely see them win the division. Like I said, I think the Astros fall off this year. Yeah, it just seems like there yeah there are too many too many distractions for the Astros, and I'm interested to see if there's any um you know any any uh, player policing going on within games or if. Uh, or if those Astros guys get pitched any differently, maybe they get a few more fastballs off the inner part of the plate. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to lead the league in hit by pitches. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what the line in Vegas is on that for them. I don't know. But they definitely have one. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think, I think, you know, either, either a repeat of last year in terms of the win total or, you know, right in that mid nineties area, that, that feels right for this team. Yeah. And, you know, to, you know, if things break right, that's probably, you know, pretty conservative. But, you know, I, I just don't, you know, it's hard to get that optimistic because I just don't think you can count on Lazardo or Puck for, you know, geez, I don't even think you can count on them for, you know, 150 innings each. I think that would be a stretch for both of them, especially yeah. Puck. Yeah. So how they how they kind of fill that in will be a work in progress throughout the year. Yeah, but I mean, you look at a lot of other teams in the American League. I mean, who has more than like two starters that are solid? There aren't yeah. many. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, the Yankees do. And even with the Astros, I mean, you still have Verlander, you still have Granky. 
you know, I, I just don't know like how many other teams. I mean, at least if you can count on Manaya and Fires, at least you have two solid guys. Hopefully yeah. Manaya yeah, yeah. But I mean, at least you have two solid guys. And then when you have Montas, Lazardo, Pop, and Bassett, at least you have, you know, you have a solid six guys to fill in a five man rotation. Yeah. Whether the innings used for the younger guys or whatever, you know, however they want to manage them, but at least you have those guys. I mean, I yeah. I think the twins have a solid at least they have a solid couple with Barrios and Odorisi coming back. You know, Rich Hill's not gonna be back till June. Nate is suspended. You know, we got a Homer Bailey, but you know, whatever. We'll see what we get from him. But I mean, you know, like at least if you have those top two going into the season that you know are going to give you those 170 to 200 innings, you could piece together the rest and hope for maybe another guy steps up or whatever. You know, so they're not far out as far as the rest of the top the top teams in the AL as far as their pitching staff goes, as far as the starting rotation at least. You know, so I, I, don't, I don't think it's that much of a worry. I mean, I, I think they'll be solid. And like you said, with the defense behind them, this pitch is going to have the luxury of that, a big ballpark on the defense behind them. So I think they'll be fine. Like I said, I, I could definitely see the A's, 93, 95 wins around there. I could definitely see that. And I think the Astros is going to fall off. Definitely. I think the Astros finished with like 88. Maybe yeah. 90. Yeah. Yeah, well, to your point, too, you know, I think, you know, I think the Angels, they – they could even overtake the Astros because the Astros have, you know, a bit. They have they have some young guys that they're really going to need to lean on in that rotation to be successful. And for the most part, they're just they're just so unproven because the Astros, you know, were so deep in years past. And now that they've had to kind of let go of Garrett Cole, what they're going to lean on, uh, you know, Urquidy or you know McCullers, who, I mean, his middle name is, uh, you know. DL or IL, sorry, I'm an old school, but uh, <laughs> but then but then what? Peacock or you know Framber Valdez? Maybe they bring up Forrest Whitley and something breaks for them there. But you know even the Angels, I kind of like, you know I, I even like their rotation a little bit more than the Astros. That sounds a little crazy, but I think Griffin Canning's a guy that's going to kind of fly under the radar and oh, Kim a lot, you know, yeah. and and uh, Haney, you know he was pretty yeah. good towards the end of last year as well, and you know I. You know, I've never loved uh, Tehran, but, you know, a same, same type of guy. You know, give you a bunch of innings, a proven veteran. And, you know, I'm, I'm also interested to see how they, how they manage uh, Otani. Just because when, when he's yep. been on, he's, um, I mean, it seems like he's been as good as anyone. But, yeah. And my yeah. boy Bundy. <laughs> yeah, boy your boy Bundy. Your yeah. boy Dylan Bundy. <laughs> I mean, the Angels could have a solid staff. Granted, no ace right there. But you know what? The, like you said about the ace. I mean, last year they did it without an ace. They won 97 games. Yeah. What's to say the Angels can't? I mean, they have the best player in baseball. Adrelton Simmons is the best shortstop, defensive shortstop in baseball. They signed Rendon, who is a top five third baseman in baseball. With Otani there, like, 
they can have a real good team. I, I think the Angels finish ahead of the Astros, too. I think the Astros finish in third place. Well, this is going to sound a little crazy, but going back to one of your Twins guys, I love that they they picked up Jason Castro. I feel like he's a guy who's, Astro. who's never really really gotten um, you know gotten the respect um, you know with the bat or the glove that uh, yep. he should have. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love Castro. It was great. People were like, when we signed him a few years ago, oh, we signed him three years, twenty four million. So eight million a year for a catcher, and everyone was like, well, "Yes, eight million years for a guy that's like hits two thirty, blah blah blah." Yeah, but his on base percentage is three fifty. The guy's one of the best defensive catchers. The framing and everything like that. Like you look at his numbers, like you look at his sabermetrics as far as like the defense goes. He's an excellent catcher, and I was sorry to see him go this year, but. You know, we're not going to pay him another $8 million. We signed Alex Avila to back up. Mitch Garver is our guy. You oh, know, I love Mitch. Love Mitch. Oh, I love Mitch. Garver took a, a big step ahead in defense last year, and that's what I think helped that, is because Garver wasn't seen in the organization. And you got to remember, Garver's 28 going on 29. Like, he's an older guy. But with his bat, the fact yeah. that his – Defense help like came up, and he was actually above average in defense. The Twins definitely felt that. All right, Garva's our man now. We'll get Alex Avila to back up. We still have Williams Ostadio to as a, like an emergency catcher. You know, La Tortuga. Yeah, oh, I love him. I love him. You gotta love the guy. <laughs> He's like the the position player, like Bartolo Colon at this point. Yeah, it's just like. You know, I love the dude. Dude doesn't strike out or walk. He just swings at everything and hits everything. It's crazy. But, um, but yeah, I loved Castro when he was with the Twins. Love Castro. Yeah. No, the Twins. The twins, the twins are, you know, the Twins are legit. Twins AL Central champs. Do it again this year. I think we'll do it again this year. Yeah. No. White Sox yeah, improve. Only- yeah, it's fine. Indians are what they are, but I think the Twins will do it again this year. Yeah, I'm interested to see if um, you know Arias can stick. Yeah, he's I'm I'm on the fence with him. He's Oof. got a great batted ball. Like um, as far as his batted ball metrics, he's great because he hits everything and he barrels it up. Like he's he's solid with his hard hit percentage contact and everything like that like he just hits the ball you're like you know, not comparing him to this guy but he's almost like a Tony Gwynn like he just hits yeah. everything like yeah. he swings at everything and hits everything I just don't know he was below average defensively at second base last year and mm-hmm. I just don't know with a full season I'm not as confident with him as some yeah. other people are but you know we'll see well, you know, all I've read about him is, like you say, the great contact rates. But yeah, you know, if the, if there's nothing behind it, there's not going to be much run for him. You know, I I love David Fletcher on the Angels, but you know, it's it's like he hits he he hits the ball, but it, he doesn't necessarily hit it particularly hard. And right. you know, I can't really speak too much about his defense. His defense is okay, but no, I'll I'll take an ALCS with the the Twins and the A's. I like it. I like it. Sorry, Alex. 
Going down, brother. <laughs> yeah, five game series is tough too, so I can definitely see that. This, you guys almost took down the Rays last year. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Needless to say, I'm I am excited, but uh, you know, every, every team, you know, every team has its holes, though, right? So there's a, there's always going to be something that's a little off about every team, but you know, I, I am excited about the A's this year. Yeah. I, th- I think th- I think this is the time when they can really they can really make a push to do something significant in the postseason. Because God knows it's been nothing but pain these last, oof, <laughs> these last uh, thirty years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely see them making some noise this year. Well, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. If I, I think if I think if Stephen Piscotty, you know, falters a little bit, then maybe we'll see if. You know, Seth Brown can step in and see if he can translate that success from the minors to the majors. But other than that, I'm just, you know, really, really going to be interested to see how second base shakes down for them and, you know, the back end of that rotation and how they how they find a way to manage those innings between, you know, Lazardo and Puck and, you know, mix and mass Bassett, like you say, you know, maybe maybe he does turn into that, you know, bullpen piece that you know, makes that jump to, you know, those big-time K-rates that, you know, Hendricks and Lugo experienced when they moved to relievers. I didn't I didn't know it, but, like, uh, Seth Lugo, he turned into, like, uh, what, like an 11K per nine pitcher when they moved him to the pen? Oh, yeah, he turned into a beast when he was like it. And the guy's always been good, but his ch- I mean, his cha- he's got one of the best right-handed changeups in the game. Yeah. But... I mean, he yeah, he turned into a beast when he was strictly a circular reliever. Oh yeah, Seth Lugo's Seth Lugo's solid man. But that's what I'm saying. Chris Bassett could be like a, that type of guy. You know, just a, a, a starter kind of pitch the five innings, maybe relief here and there, kind of like a Seth Lugo type. If he goes to the bullpen, is be like, look, this is your role. This is what you're gonna do. You're gonna pitch two innings max. All you need to do is get six outs, maybe seven. Yeah, let it fly. Sometimes, it, yeah, let it fly. And like you yeah. said, Bassett, his best pitch is his fastball. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. same thing with Lugo. The fastball and the changeup. There you go. Let it fly, man. Do what you got to do. Once through the lineup, that's it. Let it roll. Well, the, hey. the guy on the A's that's in their bullpen who, you know, I feel like he experienced a little success when he first came up, but – He's, he hasn't been as consistent as uh, Daniel Mengden. And I think he could be one of those guys who fills in on like, you know, like you're saying, maybe that sixth day or, yep. you know, they have a bullpen game and they let him go for a few innings and, you know, kind of piece it together from there. But, you know, an, another kind of, you know, you know, solid but unspectacular name that, uh, you know, could maybe help bridge the gap and, you know, get them through the season. So, You've got Puck and Lazardo really throwing in those meaningful innings and those meaningful games. Yeah, I guess the arms. I forgot about Mengden. Yeah, forgot about him. Yeah, you got the arms. Great mustache. It's just a matter of, it's just a matter of putting the arms in the right position to have success. Yeah, Where you, put them, you know, who's going to start? Are you going to do the bullpen games? You know, 
blah, blah, blah. So, you know, that's all it comes down to is the manager putting these guys in the proper position where they can get the maximum from their talent. You know, isn't that any, isn't that what any coach manager does in any sport? Put the guys in position to succeed, you know, exactly. Best suited. That's the way it is. So we'll see. In Bowmel, we trust. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, again, I, I think, you know, to kind of, you know, wrap things up, you know, they just kind of have to, they just have to carry over what they did last year and make that, you know, final push to get over the hump. And I would just like to think that, you know, the development of the younger guys at the back of the rotation and finding a little more consistency in the bullpen will be enough to not only get them into that playing game, but get them into that five game series where, you know, they can really leverage, you know, that exact rotation and, you know, use that depth that they have to, take down, you know, that five and seven game series as opposed to just, you know, playing one game for the entire season. But, you know, given, given a healthy Chris Davis, um, you know, I'm, I have no concerns about the lineup, really. I think the, the lineup is going to have no issue, you know, generating runs. Uh, it's just, you know, how many runs can the bullpen limit? And, you know, to, to a certain extent, you, you would almost want – you know, if you had if you had to choose one weak spot on your team, you'd almost want it to be the bullpen because uh, you know conceivably those are the pieces that are easiest to add mid-season through a trade. Right. Whereas you know um, you know acquiring uh, acquiring a, a Matt Olson type or you know uh, even a Mark Canna type, you you have to figure the price is going to be more significant for a major contributor than it is going to be for you know. Uh, a bullpen arm who's going for, you know, one or two innings or something like that. But, you know, they did indeed add that uh, TJ McFarland, so they had, you know, more than one lefty in the pen. But, you know, I, I, I like their chances this year. I like their chances a lot. But, um, you know, I think, I think one thing that they have to rein in, especially in those playoff games, is, you know, maybe a little bit better situational hitting. And that's so much... That's so, uh, you know, unfair to say because these guys are professionals. You know, who am I to tell them or, you know, speculate as to what, what route they should take. But just, um, you know, anecdotally from years past, it seems like they've had, you know, teams that, you know, can do exactly this. You know, hit a lot of bombs, score a lot of runs. But then when they start facing premium pitching, they're striking out a lot because they got guys that, you know, either strike out or hit home runs. So, you know, I'm just hoping they can find a little bit of consistency when they, when they face that, you know, top tier pitching that you're inevitably going to face when you get to the playoffs. But, you know, having said that, um, they're professionals, so I leave it in their hands. But I'm, I, I, I will say I'm, I'm very excited to see, you know, how Matt Olson does this year. I, I own him everywhere in fantasy. Uh, mm-hmm. Some spots I've been stealing him. Some spots I've been paying up for him. But. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, if, if things break right, you know, he's, he's challenging like, uh, you know, a, a 44 to 47 home run season. And, you know, that's, that's mm-hmm. exciting from the fantasy perspective, but it's even more exciting as an A's fan. So, mm-hmm. Matt Olson, AL MVP, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, it's bold. 
That's bold. Yeah, yeah, that's real bold. That was that little chuckle at the end. The, the, the chuckle at the end was saying bold prediction 2020. Picking anyone other than Trout is bold. True enough. True, yeah, especially in the American League. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'll tell you what, if, if Byron Buxton could ever play a full season and hit with his defense and everything, I mean, he could be MVP, you know. <laughs> but – but yeah, I, no, I agree. I agree with everything you said, Andrew. I mean, you know, that's it. The bullpen pieces—they'll fall into place. Whether you have to make a trade for a guy, or you use one of the starters during the season, save his innings, and have him be that piece or whatever. The lineup's not an issue. I mean, Chris Davis is going to bounce back. He's forty-seven again this year. The last year was an anomaly. You know, Be better. And, um, Austin Chapman, Loriano, Semyon, Canna. I mean, you guys got to see what Sean Murphy does. You guys got a solid lineup, and I really think I really think the A's are solid. They're going to win ninety five games this year. Take the division, you know, and we'll see what they do in a five game series. Like you said, the one yeah. game tough mm-hmm. them, <clears throat> but a five game series, like we saw, you know, Oakland almost reminds me a little bit of Milwaukee two years ago when mm-hmm. they made it. First got Yelich when he won the MVP, and they made it. And what was their starting staff looking like? Luis Chatine, Zach Davies. They had Hayden. They had Jeffers. They had these guys. You know, I think it's they almost seemed like they pieced it together. And they went to seven games in the NLCS against the Dodgers two years ago. I see the same type of team in that sense that they can just piece it together. And make it work because they have a whole team. You yeah. know, so I, I could definitely see that. And I see that happening with the A's. They're going to make the ALCS and they're going to lose in seven to the Twins. So there you go. Oof. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Alex, I'm going to need you to edit that last part out. That last part. <laughs> nah, it'll stay in there. I just throw that in there. <laughs> Twins against in the, in the World Series. Twins gets you said Twins Phillies was the last I think you said the one time. Yeah. Twins Phillies. Yep. Yeah. Twins Phillies. Twins Phillies. I was right last year. I predicted Houston losing to the Nationals last year. Wow. Yeah, impressive. I did, actually. <laughs> yeah, but, we have to it too in the podcast. <laughs> I do have it recorded, so it's all on tape. <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to Twins Phillies this year. Twins and Phillies. Oh. That's my I guess, prediction. If, I guess if there had if there had to be a team the A's would lose to, it would be the Twins, right? Well, yeah, you know. Your yeah. redux from the mid nineties, early nineties. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean you guys won the ALCS the three years between our World Series. I mean, we won in eighty seven, we won in ninety one. You guys won the three years before in between eighty eight, eighty nine, and ninety. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I'm old. I'm old. So remember, you're you're you stirring know, up bad feelings here. 88, 88 and 90 hurt a lot. And yeah. 89 was overshadowed by an earthquake. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. I wasn't alive. So. Yeah, I'm old. I remember Kirby Puckett. That was my <laughs> yeah. That's why I became a Twins fan. Puckett. I love yeah. Puckett. Yeah. yeah. And that. That 91 World Series, to me, was still the greatest World Series ever. Yeah, I believe it. 
No. The next one the A's win will be the greatest one ever. I was too young to understand it in 89. <laughs> so hopefully Thanks. I don't have to wait as long as Chiefs fans. Uh, all right. 50 years? Yeah. Good for the Chiefs, though. I was happy for them. I was no. happy for Andy Reid. Andy Reid was the guy. I was, I was most happy for him. Yeah. I mean, because he was he's been in the league so long. He's made it to championship games and won of the Super Bowl and everything. Like, he was, you know, they even said it before the broadcast. He had the most wins of any coach to not win a ring. Yeah. But, you know, I think he deserved it. And he's done such great, you know, he's been a great coach for so long. I think he definitely deserved it. And all the thing he went through with his son dying a few years ago and all that stuff. And, you know, yeah. And plus, Pat Mahomes, his dad pitched for the Twins. It all... It all comes full circle. It That's all comes full right. circle. It all comes full circle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You're, you're going to start throwing in like a Kent Herbeck reference here pretty soon, aren't you? Oh, I love I loved Herbie. <laughs> Herbie Bernanke. Gaetti. Oh, man. Believe me, that's when I was growing up. I was high school in 87. I mean, I was like prime, you know. Yeah, I love the twins back then. Yeah, yeah. There's there's another guy that I I can see his face, but I can't remember his name. It, it wasn't Jeff Blauser, but it was another another <laughs> what wh- another white guy with a mullet and a mustache, and it was like this. <laughs> that was this, half the team. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was half the team back then. Rick Aguilera. Oh, oh yeah. man, Jeff Reardon, '87. Frank Viola. Man, they did some. It's some good players, but that's what that's the thing. We haven't won since '91, so I'm like, we won 100 games this year, and of course we get killed by the Yankees as usual. Yeah, it's like man, it was Dan Gladden. I was thinking about Dan Gladden. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Yep. Alex is like, who are these people? (laughs) Well, Chuck Knobloch. Oh, yeah. Yep. Secret agent. Secret agent when he went to the Yankees. Throwing those <laughs> balls into into the stands. Hitting people in the face. In the <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So, tickets right. on me. A, 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 tickets on me when the Twins and the A's play in the ALCS. I will take you up on that. We got it recorded. So, it's recorded. Uh, Damn it. I'm, I'm locked in. I'm locked in. <laughs> I'm I, didn't, I'm I didn't say where they were. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, all right. I'll right. Nosebleeds. As long I don't as care. Fine. <laughs> I'll make uh, it out there. What about for A's Yankees if that happens? You got me for that? Uh, I mean, that'll be fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> if it's the ALCS. Just the, not, I, just, I, I, I wonder which one's more likely. I'd say Yankees. Kind of 50-50. I don't know. Oh, okay. yeah. if, if, the A's, if the A's meet either the Twins or the Yankees in the ALCS, I'll cop for tickets. There, okay. it's, it's written. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Right. I'm there. Oh. <laughs> Excellent. 
Well, if you have any other questions, A's related, feel free to hit me anytime, gentlemen. All right. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. Much appreciated. When, when, well, I'll, I'll let you guys go, but uh, you have a good night and thank you again. Yeah. Have a good night. Thanks. Nice talking to you, man. We'll stay yeah, in touch. Likewise. I'm yeah, sure I'll yeah, see yeah, you. See you what, what's your handle on Twitter? At JBall0202. At JBall0202. I'll, I'll come find you. I'm not mistaken, but because your name, Andrew Kohler, sounds familiar. Yeah, but I don't. I, I think I might have just followed you. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think. Yeah, name sounds familiar. I'm sure I've seen you before. Oh, it's fantasy baseball. I'm sure I've seen you around. <laughs> but oh, yeah, no. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been following you for a while, Johnny. Oh, all right. There you go. I, I, I wasn't. I, I wasn't thinking about it until I actually, uh, you know, saw your Twitter page again. Yeah, I've been following you for a little while. We follow each other, right? Yeah, I, I think, think so. so. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, so there yeah. you go. Cool. Well, nice talking to you. Finally, yeah. After finally, Twitter. <laughs> you know, it's always yeah. good to talk. You know, if if I ever, if I ever find myself in uh, in Boston or New York, I'll drop you guys a line. I was uh, I got I got family that lives um, you know a little bit outside of Manhattan, and then. Um, my wife has some uh, good friends who live in Boston, so if we ever make right. it out there, I'll drop you. I'll drop you a line, and we can grab a beer. Man, I I live eight miles away from Fenway Park. I'm right outside of Boston, so yeah, definitely. All right, you guys, go to sleep. It's late for you out there. I'm just getting started out here. I always stay up. We've got another pod going on. <laughs> <laughs> you get a debrief this one on a separate pod. Deep red. We got a separate twin spot coming up. <laughs> that we're going to talk about. Yeah. God bless. He kind of had kind of started the twins talking this pod too. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, it's a good lead in. Yeah. yeah. All right, Andrew, man, take it hey. easy, brother. Have a good night. Thank you both. Take care. Later, man. Have a good one.